Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real. We all know I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joke. <laughs> Look, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk funnies. Let's talk about some successful people. Let's talk with successful people in this industry. Top performers, team leads, and people who are leaving a lasting influence and legacy in this industry. So, take out a pen and paper, jot down some notes, or if you're in the car driving, make sure you go back and take some notes. Alrighty then. Let's see who we get to chat with today, shall we? Clicks, 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 they'll do anything to get a fuel. Tick, 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 that's the sound before my head explodes. Quick, 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 look at you up on your pedestals. Quick, 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 hear the critics come, it's time to go. All right, guys, we are live. Dude, how many people? Dope. Well, guys, thank you for jumping on the live, and thank you for watching the podcast. I am Rick Martinez. I run No Soliciting Bro on Instagram, and I have the great pleasure to be with um, somebody who I met on Instagram. And surprisingly, like, we actually have become pretty pretty good friends. Yeah. Which is, it's super dope, right? Yeah. Bobby, why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, dude, well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on your show, man. I'm honored. Uh, I've been following you on Instagram for a long time now. And if you're not following this guy, you need to. Um, he does the best memes, it's hilarious. And you're providing entertainment, but then you're also providing a lot of value now with the podcast. So I'm pumped. Uh, I've been in the door-to-door industry for going on five years now. I sell pest control. I worked with a company for you know four straight years. It was the same company. Unlike a lot of people in the industry that mm-hmm. bounce around from company to company looking for the best thing, I found something good. I, I ran with it. And now I'm actually starting my own company doing the same thing in the pest control industry. So, yeah, it's been a journey. But I love it, and I appreciate being here. Dope, awesome, guys. It's it's not often that um, one you you find a system that works for you. Two, you stay loyal to that system for years and years on end. And three, I mean, starting your own company, mm-hmm. right? So obviously, you've done well enough. You've gained enough experience, and you've learned from really really good people to put yourself in a situation where you are right now. Yeah. Right? And you're starting your own pest control company, right? Yes. Well, what's it called? A bold service company. Yeah, so we're starting with pest control. We plan on expanding into other services um, eventually. Whether or not we sell those on the doors, you know, will determine, you know, be determined based on the service. But yeah, we're starting with pest control. That's a bread and butter, baby. That's that's what I know. There you go. Pest pest is dope, guys. Um, I've I've done pests before. It's way fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, if if you do pests, I mean, it's it's such very very quick to build urgency to build. Uh, value in that to be able to sell it right then and there. So yeah, I, I respect pest control. I, I respect everybody who sells in, in this industry. Um, there are some things that have been changing in, in the industry. Um, obviously, there is some good. There's also some bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that right now the industry is kind of seeing a shift in the way that things are done. I think a lot of companies are starting to realize that the way they've been doing it isn't sustainable and it's it's just not possible for the long term. Yeah. I think we've gotten to a point, especially the Utah based companies, 
they've fallen into some bad habits, in my opinion, that has really led to a lot of companies struggling a little bit more than maybe they want to admit. And But you're not just seeing it in the pest control industry, you're seeing it in a lot of different businesses and a lot of different industries right now in the United States, not just in door-to-door sales. And so I think that you know, one of the reasons why I decided to start my own company is because I wanted to do things a little bit differently. Our, my company will look maybe a little bit different than what a lot of the Utah door-to-door companies look like, and I'm pumped about that. And okay. so, um, yeah, I just think there's some changes that are going to happen one way or another in the industry. The companies that are smart will hit that head on now and not wait and be reactive and okay. maybe go out of business. Ooh, it's big. So what, 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 what kind of things are you doing differently with your company? Well, right now, I think in, in the industry as a whole and pest control, I can't speak for security, solar, yeah. or anything like that. I only can speak on what I know, right? Mm-hmm. What you're seeing, I think, is a lot of companies that are so concerned with putting on as many possible accounts as possible every single year, and they're not worrying about the basics of what a good business is. And that's retention of customers. I think a lot of companies are putting so much money into building up these massive companies and a lot of accounts that they're neglecting taking care of their their uh, customers, which is why switching over other door-to-door company accounts on the doors, to me, is one of the easier switchovers. Yeah. Because a lot of the companies just aren't taking care of their customers. So number one, you know, we're trying to be a pest control company that happens to market through door-to-door sales, not a door-to-door sales company that happens to do pest control, Okay. right? And so really focusing on the customer. And I think that if a company focuses on the customer first and foremost, then that actually helps the uh, the sales reps in the long term, not the other way around. Okay, that's interesting. So cu- customer always first, um, which I mean, in, in a sense, it just brings a sense of like ethics. Yes. Which has, been kind of lost in in the industry um do where where why, why do you think that that's happened well so i mean ethics there's a lot of different uh aspects to it and this is one of the things i'm not obviously going to name any names or any companies or anything like that because i think there are good and bad people in every single company there's no company out there that's inherently bad and there's yeah. no one company out there that's you know necessarily inherently better than others right yeah but I will say that especially in like the Utah recruiting circles right now, competition is heated up so much that it's causing people to overpromise and underdeliver for their reps. The biggest reason, and you talk to a lot of reps in the industry, yeah. my guess, because I'm not in your position, my guess is that the reason that most reps are unhappy with their companies is because they were promised something that they didn't receive. Yeah, I'm just gonna take a wild guess because that happens because if you're sitting and you're recruiting against somebody who's meeting with five other companies, you're gonna want your company to sound a lot better than maybe it really is. You're gonna say, yeah. you know, we've all been in those recruiting meetings where they say, oh, dude, come out with me, you've never sold before, you'll make $50,000 your first summer. And it's like, I yeah. mean, is it possible? Sure, there's guys that have done it and I know have done it their first summer, but is that the realism or the, the realistic expectations? No, probably not. And yeah. So I think a lot of people are over-promising, under-delivering. And that happens on the doors as well. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've heard or seen reps that make pest control seem like this magical thing that you'll never, ever, ever see a bug again. Yeah. Which is only setting up the company to fail because they will see bugs again, no matter how good your service is. Yeah. And when that happens, then they cancel because you oversold and underdelivered. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing. Um, and, you know, I can come up with a lot of examples, you know, going over contracts, the way yeah. that you do that. 
you know, I do not believe that that a good sale, like you cannot determine how good a salesman is just by the number of accounts that they've sold. Okay. I really don't believe so because you could go sell 500 accounts, but if 50% of them cancel before back ends, simply because you oversold and under delivered, yeah. does that really make you a good salesman? Mm-hmm. Maybe it makes you a good manipulator. If you're taking somebody who asks a direct question, is this a contract? And a lot of us are taught to say something along the lines of, well, I mean, you know, just try us out, you know, for, you know, maybe, maybe 12 months or so. And then, you know, if you have to end early, whatever, it's not a big deal. Just try us out. Right. Yeah. You're not lying by saying that, but you're also not answering the question. And so a lot of people then go into the assumption that, oh, I'm just trying you out. Right. It's not a contract. And that's what a lot of people think. And so by saying the way that you word things is important. That's manipulation. That's not sales. And so I think somebody that does 300 sales ethically and has yeah. a low cancellation rate is probably better than somebody that does 500, 600 sales Ooh. at a, like, but has huge cancellations. Yeah. And so I would rather take the guy that sells them ethically and I know that customer is going to stick a long time than somebody who sells 500 accounts. Yeah, maybe at 500 you made your money, but I just don't think you did it the ethical way. Okay. So. Super interesting. Part of part of that, I believe, all that begins in the the, uh, the recruiting meetings. Hundred percent. It's and it's it's crazy that everything stems from something as simple as that. I actually just got done with a podcast with Jake Bennington. Shout out, Jake. Um, that guy's a stud. Super stud. That guy's a stud. Yeah. Super stud. Um, we talked about like recruiting the right way, and recently on your story, you talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. How one, you got to be transparent. In, yep. in, in this industry, you have to be transparent because people will find out. There's only so long you can go lying about your numbers and all these things, and eventually it's all going to catch up to you. Yep. So you talked about you, if you don't sell the rep on signing on for the summer that uh, that first meeting, that's totally fine. Yeah. Right? What what is What is your approach to recruiting? Well, so the first and foremost thing, and then this is another issue I see with the industry is right now, so many people are concerned with recruiting guys from other companies, right? Which don't get me wrong, I've done that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's a good way to pump a lot of guys really quick. You get a lot of volume. But I personally, like as a business owner right now, I'm not really interested in going and signing a guy who's sold for another company for multiple years and has a bunch of dudes because I don't know what kind of culture that guy is going to bring to me. Right. That guy has been ingrained with that other company's culture. Huge culture. Culture is everything, in my opinion. And so I think companies would be better off saying, I don't really want to try to go get other guys from other companies. And rather, I'm going to start fresh and I'm going to sign first year guys and I'm going to mold them and build them into the culture that we want. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that is going to if you do it that way then that builds your culture a whole lot better. So if you're a manager right now that's listening and you're about to go start recruiting for the first time, I would say don't go out and look for the guy that has five recruits and he's been doing this and he sells 400 accounts. That's appealing, but go after the stud who's never done this before, bring him on your team and mold him into the culture that you want as a, as a manager or a company. So that's the first thing. But the other thing is when you are recruiting guys, make sure that you're focusing on closing on the appointment first, right? So I actually had a good example of this. Um, I went up to Idaho for a recruiting trip recently and there was a guy that was not wanting to really meet with me. And the guy, my manager up there, he was basically like, yeah, this guy is giving me time stalls and 
I basically said, look, man, all you got to do is close him on the meeting. Don't close him on trying to do sales right now before we've even met. Close him on the meeting, right? You do solar, yeah. right? The first thing you do is close somebody on having an appointment with you, yeah. right? You don't try to close them on buying solar, sign the deal here right on the doorstep. Yeah. And so in pest control, that's what we do. People sign on the doorstep and they try to approach recruiting the same way. Close them on a meeting, then close them on another meeting, and then close them on another meeting. And while you're there, you're building the value. And if you do it that way and you keep closing on meetings, eventually they're going to see the value enough where they're almost asking you, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Right? So building value in yourself, building value in the company, in the service. But And, and, and then the last thing is lower the pressure, right? You never want to make somebody feel pressure in any type of sales situation. You can apply pressure without them feeling like you're applying pressure. Yeah. Right? And so relieve the pressure. You know, here's a really good tactical um, tip for you guys if somebody is really kind of hesitant on even meeting with you hit them with honestly man it's not a big deal um, if you want to do this great if not no big deal right we're still going to be friends at least this way you know a little bit more about it um, I'm available at two o'clock can you come in and meet right because now you're saying dude even if this isn't going to work for you no big deal you're lowering the pressure to get him in a meeting so yeah. that's a little bit of tactical advice for you but it's true, um, and it's 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 something that it's almost forgotten. Is it's there's so much pressure on getting them to like sell them on the summer, sell mm-hmm. them on the opportunity. Just guys, it, if you want to build teams and like an actual culture, if you look at the, some of the most successful, long-lasting people in this industry, that's what you're gonna find: people who um, you know build other people and who give tremendous amount of value to yep. others. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's that's everything, right? It's br- bringing you need to give more than you're getting. Yeah. Right. If you if you want to recruit a team, and you are you want your goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars this year just off of your team, right? Just as an example, then you need to be providing way more than a hundred thousand dollars to your team. Yeah. And that's what you'll get back. You'll always get back less than what you give. Yeah. So you need to give more than what you expect to get. Oh. Value. Nugget right there. Drop it. Drop (laughs) that bomb. Oh gosh. So yeah, dude, you're you're absolutely right. Um, man, I I don't even know what to say after that. Um, (laughs) um, and it's important, right? Um, because you you have to build organically. This this is how. It's it's it all starts with those first year reps. So, um, take care of the first year reps. It's, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Like, take time out of your day, sh- like, actually teach them what, what they're going to need. Um, because they're the ones who are going to be either way jacked to come back next year and bring their friends and help their friends make money, or yep. you're never going to see them again. Yeah. And again, it's those first year reps that are going to help build your culture. That's why I always tell guys, like, again, don't, don't, you don't need to go after the guy who's already sold and done this for several years. Let yeah. that company worry about him. Yeah. Right? You go get the guys that we can build our culture around because we can mold them. Because I don't know what culture that this guy has. Maybe he sells 300 accounts, but he's lazy. He should be selling 600. Yeah. Which then affects the rest of the team. Oh. So. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Awesome. One of the things I wanted to touch about is uh, late recently you um, attempted 75 hard. Yeah, dude, this give me a sore subject right now. Oh, it's it's fine because I've 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 done it. I've I've attempted it twice. Yeah, and failed twice. Yeah, it is by no means any easy thing to do. Yeah. Um. So for guys that don't know, there's a guy named Andy Frizella. 
uh, pretty big entrepreneur, and he came out with this challenge of mental toughness. Yeah. It's 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 by no means a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. It's all mental, right? Yeah. We're talking 75 days straight of two workouts a day, 40, yeah. 45 minutes. One of them has to be outside. No cheat meals for 75 days, which means you follow a diet for 75 days. Yeah. Those two workouts are every day. Yeah. No break. No days off. Read 10 pages of a book, um, actual book, no audiobooks. Yep. Um, drink a gallon of water a day and take a progress picture every day. Yep. I mean, those things are pretty simple. I mean, at the heart of it, so I'm glad you brought it up. It's not a physical challenge at all. To, it's a mental toughness because every single one of those things, honestly, is really easy to do. Yes. Right? But Which means they're also very easy not to do. Exactly. So I actually failed at this challenge twice. So I have not completed it. So the first time I went into it, I got two days in and then lost. Literally two days in. And what screwed me over was I forgot to read. Like mm-hmm. I did my workouts, mm-hmm. took the picture, drank the gallon of water, and literally the easiest thing, reading 10 pages I forgot to do. Yeah. So I was like, crap. So I got to start over. Posted on my story that, you know, I was starting over. And this next time I got 48 days in. Over halfway, I could see the finish line. Yeah. Right. And I, I was just in California on a recruiting trip with a couple of my managers. And I did everything while I was there. I, you know, when I was... I flew there, I, I did my workout early in the morning before I flew, got there, did a workout at like midnight after all the meetings and trainings, did all that, right? Flew back, I got up like 4.30 a.m., flew back to Utah on, t- this, this was a Monday, I'm back on Utah on a Tuesday, and I had a crazy packed day, a lot of meetings, just a lot of stuff, you know, with the, with the business. <laughs> and I did everything, I got my two workouts in, I did my workout, I finished it at like 11.30 at night, and once again, I forgot to read the easiest part of 75 hard and I forgot to read yeah. and it it's in, it's like man it hurts me yeah to same say that. same you know and I know you had a similar experience to that yeah so the first time I did it I made it 42 days in the second time I did it I made it 40 it was 48 days in really 48 oh. days in 48th day, man. It's killer. It, it, it sucks because it was just like a super long day. Like yeah. it, was, it was in the middle of summer. Like we left like our, our house like at 7 in the morning because we had appointments at 8.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah. So we'd go to these appointments. We I, I would be up by 4 a.m. hitting the gym, doing trying to do both my workouts, right, before I, I leave to work or sure. stay one towards the end of the day. Um, so day 48, right, I get home at – super late um and the only thing i had left was to do my 45 minute walk and i had one water bottle left yeah i got home so exhausted at nine o'clock at night after like three like 12 plus hour days yeah i uh, I sat down on the couch passed out yeah man it is so frustrating because at that point like you're it's it's almost like you you don't want to lose dude well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, in that 48 days, I feel like I got a lot out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I think it really did help my mental toughness. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll help me on the doors, right? Yeah. So you had Josh on the podcast recently. Like, I know he went through a similar thing to this, mm-hmm. which helped him get to his 1,500 accounts, which is awesome. Josh is a stud, by the way. Um, and so I, I got a lot out of it. And at that point, it was like, dude, I just want to win. Like, I just want to yeah. complete it and say I did it. 
Um, but the thing I learned the most in this whole experience, I think, was that whatever your priorities are in life, you have to make it a priority and you have to literally schedule it in, right? So going from like that day one to day 48, I learned really fast that I needed to schedule in my workouts. And I knew I set a reminder on my phone every mm -hmm. single night at like 11 o'clock and it just said 75 hard to make sure I did all of it, right? There mm -hmm. were days where, so my wife's family is in Kansas City and so we drove out to Kansas City um, recently, which is a 16 hour drive. So I, this was in the middle of my yeah. um, 75 hard. So I woke up at like 3 a.m., did my 45-minute workout, left at like 4 a.m., drove to Kansas City, got there at like midnight, and then I ran and didn't get done until 1 a.m. with my workout because I just I, I set it in my schedule and I knew, okay, I made the plan. This is how I'm going to accomplish it. Yeah. And both times that I failed – I didn't have that plan in place and I failed. And so the bottom line for me is like, I know even this summer, it's like I'm literally scheduling out everything I need to do, right? Schedule out time with my wife even, mm -hmm. right? Because that's important. Schedule yeah. out any spiritual stuff and just really make it a priority. Because if you don't, stuff will fall through the cracks. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate truth. That is very true. And it's, it's just the, the, the little wins, guys. Like all this stuff is compounding. Yeah. It's, it's compounding wins, compounding uh, success. Mm -hmm. Um in like 75 hard in it in itself it's we said it like it's a simple task yeah but they're very 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 simple to also not do yeah that make no sense it's very easy not to do them yes very easy not to do them so scheduling everything in right and we're 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 in a time in the year where we're all prepping to go out yep yep like summer is around the corner it's um, right there guys Man, and, so stoked, by the way. <laughs> Dude, I'm ready. Hell yeah. Um, guys, you, you, can't expect to you can't expect to just flip the switch, get out there, and start cranking out accounts like it's nobody's business, right? Right. Um, we talk about, like, you know, in, in, in the episodes past, I had Josh on, right? Yeah. Josh's off-season reflected, like, the amount of work that he put in was reflected out on the doors when he went out to sell. 100%. How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, Josh and I talk all the time. Like, he, he's a good buddy of mine now, and, and that's, like, that is his thing. And he'll be the first to tell you his pitch is not necessarily the best pitch in the world. Yeah. Right? There is no secret pitch is what he says, right? There's no record-breaking pitch. There's record-breaking mentality or mindset, however he says it. And so that's the thing, man, is, is, you know, setting yourself up, which is why I think everybody should attempt 75 hard or, you know, I know that – couple other guys have have come out with similar challenges right even in mm -hmm. this industry yeah so do something that you have to do with no compromises and i think that you know if you're able to complete something with no compromise it's going to help you do everything else with no compromise as well. exactly so guys just this is this is really really good stuff so on a on a lighter note let's bring it to this what is your funniest moment out on the doors Funniest moment on the doors, dude. I've got so many, so many stories. Um, you know, we—I think we've all been in that situation where people are, um, you know, come out yelling at you, screaming at you. Yeah. I love that. I've had multiple times people come out and say like, "Do you get a real job? Like, you're knocking doors for minimum wage." And I'm like, "Dude, you have no idea." Yeah. Right. Um, one of the funniest was actually probably my first year selling. I—I I, I was in St. Louis at the time. Mm -hmm. And I walk up to this door and it was weird because, so I walk up to the front door and 
kind of over to the to the side there was a, a very little window right mm-hmm. and i walk up to it and i i could hear it, it sounded like a bathroom because it sounded mm-hmm. like somebody was taking a shower in there yeah right so i knock on the door and <laughs> nobody answers knock on the door again and the window it's like a very little window up top it slides open and i hear a girl's voice in there and obviously she's taking a shower that's yeah. what you could tell she's like hello and i was like hey i'm you know i'm robbie i'm here on the bug guy we're taking care of everyone and uh and she was like oh um this isn't my house this is this is my parents house um and i was like oh, okay well no worries I'll, I'll just come back later and she was like okay well i'm just in the shower do you want to join me like literally straight up and i heard that and i was like wait what wait <laughs> and and she and and i thought like i heard what she said but i thought she was going to say something like oh no i'm just kidding and she couldn't see me i couldn't see yeah. her right so no idea who i was and uh and she was like no yeah i said do you want to come join me and i was like stumbling over words. i was like uh uh well i'm so was, i'm actually engaged so no like yeah. i like but it was the weirdest thing and the funniest story like from then on like all the other single guys were like, dude, why didn't I knock that door and stuff? But yeah. probably good that the engaged guy knocked it because yeah. somebody could have gotten in trouble there. But Big time. Weird stuff happens on the doors, guys. Yeah. Weird stuff. Super weird. Um, funny story is I was selling out in Long Island two years ago, and it was raining. It was like around the time like hurricane season. Yep. There's a hurricane that like, was going through the East Coast, and um, it was raining hard. Um, I was super down that day. Um, and I just found, like, in this neighborhood, I don't, I don't even remember where I was at, right? There was a abandoned house. And the neighbors had told me, don't go anywhere near that house. But it had a massive porch, right? Yeah. It had, like, a massive overthing where I could go under and not get wet, right? So me being me, I'm like, all right, look, I'm going to go over there. No no one's answering. Like, I haven't gotten a sale yet. Like, if everything you shouldn't do, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I justified it raining. <laughs> and I go... And right, so I'm 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 under the porch, right? Um, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, I started hearing like some weird, like aggressive sounds, like like it almost sounded like like animals. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, I got curious, right? And then so I, I I step a little bit over to the on on one side of the porch, one side of the house, and like I, I can hear like people, and I'm like, what the hell? So I go off the porch, I walk around the house. There's a busted window. I shit you not. There was a homeless orgy going on in there. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So, guys, it was it it smelled like so so the window was busted, so you can just like smell everything coming oh, out of there. Geez, it was no. the most disgusting smell I've ever smelled. And it it was it was dirty. Like it, I didn't know what what I was seeing. Like I was so confused at first, and then it took me like 30 seconds to process it and I'm like this is disgusting. Probably in shell shock a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, I was, I was like, what the hell is that? Curious. And then I'm like, what the hell? So I leave. I'm like, all right, that's my sign. I need to go back out and knock. Yeah. A few doors later, I make my first sale and I ask the lady, I'm like, hey, what's up with that house? Like, she's <laughs> like, don't ever go near it. I'm like, yeah, like you're your neighbor that told me, but why? Like, it, like I was walking by and it, I just happened to catch a smell. It was it smelled kind of weird. And she's like, yeah, homeless people go in there and have sex all the time. And I'm like, oh, so it oh was true. Oh my gosh, dude, there is some, there is some weird stuff. Like, and I mean, you you just meet so many different, like, interesting oh, people yeah. and stuff out there. Like, statistically speaking, how, like, given how long you've uh, knocked doors, yeah, you've like talked to I think like two or three serial killers. 
statistically speaking, just based on the amount of doors you've knocked? I, I can count at least seven. Yeah. And and I yeah. know and I know where they live. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But, yeah, yeah dude, I love it. Dude, you meet some crazy people out of the doors. Absolutely. Um, dude, so one of the things I wanted to touch on, and it's it's kind of uh we're we're at a point in in the industry where um things are changing. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. Part of it is is now there are more companies popping up. Yeah. For you, you came from a system that worked for you. Yep. And you realize that now it's time for you to start your own system. Yeah. Right. When, well, first let's, let's talk about when you came to that realization and, um, like what, what fuels you to keep going? Yeah. Well, so I've wanted to be an entrepreneur and run my own business for a long time. Now, the reason I really started doing sales, number one, obviously money. Yeah. But number two was like the reason for the money was I wanted to build up enough capital one day to be able to start my own business. I never yeah. thought it'd be in pest control. Yeah. And you know, I know pest control. I think I can do a good job at it, which is why I went into it. Um, but there are a lot of companies that are popping up. You know, I've talked to a couple people that I didn't know were starting companies and they're starting companies this year as well. So yeah. you're going to see more popping up. You're also going to see a lot of those and a lot of the current ones falling off too. What drives yeah. me, I think, to keep going and, and to like really build this up is number one, um, I want to build something that lasts. And I think that's something that I've always wanted to do. So whether that means I build this up and one day get so big that we IPO and all that kind of stuff, or you know we just run it for 20, 30 years, or even if we do get acquired, that's not the goal of mine right now, yeah. but even if that happens, I wanna create a brand Right, yeah. that people know and people can resonate with. Mm-hmm. My my goal one day is to create a national brand where everyone knows it. Right, so you yeah. got Apple, you know, you've got Amazon, Amazon, right? And I don't necessarily, for my own ego, need to get that big. Yeah, but somewhere, something where it's like, oh yeah, I know Bold, right? Yeah, like, I know that brand, right? And so that really drives me, and it and it makes me want to push to become the best version of myself. Because look, here's the thing. So one of my the guys I love listening to and following the most is Ed Milet. He yeah. spoke at Door to Door Con. Yeah, lit super a, good. Just lit a fire under our ass, right? Yeah. I mean, the dude's a f- like he's phenomenal. Um, one of the things he always says is, you know, you you need to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. Right. And I'm gonna misquote exactly what he says, but he basically says the definition of hell is you know dying yeah. and then meeting the person that you could have become. Yeah. Right. And so what we shall strive for is to, when we die, we meet the best version of ourselves yeah. and your identical twins, Yeah. right? And so for me, I'm like, I just know what the best version of myself, like, dude, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface for myself. Yeah. And I think most people don't even ever scratch the surface. So for me, that outlet is entrepreneurship. It's, it's building this brand. It's helping other guys that are now, that are in the position I was when I started. Mm-hmm. I wanna help them become billionaires. I wanna help them, you know, become successful. So I don't know, man, that's, that's maybe not like a, a one, you know, definitive answer, but becoming the best version of myself, providing the best for my family. I think that's really what drives me. And it's a super cliche answer, mm-hmm. but I think, dude, I think that's really it, man. And I think I've found this to be what is going to help me do that. There you go. Guys, there, there's so much you could do, right? Um, as, as you were talking, right, yeah. you, you talked about building the brand, building your brand. Yep. Um, 
And that doesn't mean that if you work for a company, you can't build your own brand. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, big, biggie, biggest example for me is Danny Pessy. Oh, dude. Danny's a stud. Yeah. I love Danny. So, Danny, if, if you guys don't know Danny, look him up. Danny Pessy. Hashtag Pessy Special, right? Yeah. Go follow him, dude. The dude's hilarious. He provides tons of knowledge. The dude's killing it right now. So, part part of what, what he what he did and, and he does is, I mean, he operates as Dan the Alarm Guy mm-hmm. or... You know, Pessy, Pessy Security. Yep. Right? Yeah, he works, you know, he was working for Vivint and now he's the uh, VP of uh, Titanium. Yep. Um, but his brand is Pessy Security. Yeah. Right? I, to be honest, when I first, like, found out about him, I didn't even know that he worked for Vivint. Me either. I, I Pessy Security, cool. This guy owns his thing. Yeah. And, yeah, like what you're saying, that's super, super big. Because you don't have to be the number one guy. You don't have to be the CEO of the company no. to be successful. But yeah, building your own brand and, and your personal brand, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And he, he's a great example of, of doing that. Yeah. So if, if it comes down to, I mean, you starting your own company or, you know, just having your own brand within the company you sell for, right? Yeah. It's what sets you apart. We're, we're coming in, into this into this era of the industry where it's what do you do differently? Yep. Everybody basically says the same thing on the doors. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no secret pitch. Yeah. Everybody's saying the same basic crap. Maybe a slight tweak here or there, but nobody's going to teach you anything that's going to take you from 100 sales to 500 sales. No. It's not, right? No. So, yeah, building that brand. And even if you don't create, like, a a persona or, like, a a brand like Pessy Security, right, just your personal brand. I mean, there's guys, so, like, Jake Bennington, for example. I actually don't personally know Jake very, very well, but... I know him and I know of his like personal brand. Every time anybody talks about him, they say that dude's a stud. That guy is the best guy ever. Like he genuinely cares about his guys. Yeah. That's a brand. Yeah. Right? People are attracted to brands. Yeah. And he's been super successful because of it. Exactly. Yeah. So just build something that I mean that's yours, right? If I mean if you sell for whatever company, just yep. make it your own. And if it comes to the day where you do end up becoming your own entrepreneur, then dope. If you if you end up starting your own company, Hell yeah, I'm yeah. All, we're we're all for that, yep. right? Just just make the most of you know what what you have in front of you right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. One one of the things I want to touch on, kind of stir the pot a little bit. We were talking about it a little bit before we started the live. Uh, is uh, the coronavirus, man? Oh, dude, yeah, that's a, it's a big talking point right now, right? Super huge. Yeah. Super huge. So we're so we're just gonna take that clout and plug it into the podcast because everybody wants to know about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's good because we have, I hope, hopefully we have at least two people on there. Yeah. People have been coming and going. Okay. For sure. Dope. So, guys, regardless, just plan on going out. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of guys have been hitting me up asking me, you know, how is this going to affect my summer? A lot of guys are kind of worried that, you know, some cities may even ban soliciting altogether. Yeah. Um, You know, people won't want to talk to you. Look, at the end of the day control the controllables yeah right you can't control the coronavirus mm-hmm. like you can do your part wash your hands use hand mm-hmm. sanitizer and i'm all for that but guys the summer is still going to happen unless you've been told otherwise like by your company but i don't i don't foresee that happening yeah right and the good companies will have contingency plans in case something does go awry but yeah plan, guys plan on going out the summer's still going to happen go make your money the world is not shutting down. I think the media right now, if you're following that, is making it sound like the world is ending. Yeah. It's not. I do actually think that this could be the start of what causes a recession. Yeah. I actually, I, I am on that 
you know, train right now. Um, but even in that situation, dude, you, you work in sales. Sales is the best job to be in in a recession. Exactly. So. Which means, because again, it's controlling what you can control. You can control how many doors you, you knock. You can control how many p, how what effort you give on the doors. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just, just, just plan on still going out. Just plan, plan on right now, preparing to go out this summer. Yeah, and don't don't be freaking out about it. Like, do your part. Do you know? I I do believe. And, you know, if you and I were to get the coronavirus, we would be fine um, just because, honestly, it's not killing that many people. And I know this is going to be maybe controversial. Mm -hmm. It's not killing that many people. The people that are being affected are old people and infants, right? And we should do our part just because we're not older and infant. We Mm -hmm. do need to do our part to help protect those people. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. But with that said, you just have to know that, guys, the world is not coming to an end. The sky is not Mm -hmm. falling. Yes, maybe there's going to be some issues that we have to deal with because of it and protect people. I mean, if you knock on an old person's door this summer, look, don't shake their hand, right? I mean, yeah. be smart about things, right? Elbows. Yeah, just, g- just, give them a little elbows, right? The chicken wing. Um, yeah, j- just be smart. Don't, you know, don't be panicking. People panicking is what's going to cause a recession in the first place. Exactly. So. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I, I see, I've, I've seen Robbie do a lot and I actually appreciate, um, this is he does his, his book reviews, right? Yeah. On your Instagram. Dude, you've read a ton and we've, we've honestly gone back and forth on a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the big one was from Tim Grover, right? Yes. Yeah. So guys, this, I, I think, I think this is super important because of the space we're in, yeah. um, is self-education or just education period yeah whether it is you're going to school or you know you read books that help you get better self-help books whatever you want to self self-improvement books yeah let's let's call them that yeah um you're one of the you're one of the more active people about that yeah have you always been like that or is that something that you recently just started to get into well i hate reading so yeah. i'll tell you that. All right. I, i'm not like Fair enough reading it like in and of itself is actually a chore for me yeah i i sometimes my mind wanders sometimes i have to read the same page over and over again this is kind of how i am um i look my whole thing and my like i guess thesis here is you have to be learning forever right yeah. just because you're done with high school or you're done with college doesn't mean education stops Education doesn't necessarily mean reading a book, right? So I think reading is one of the best ways to do it. But if you don't want to read, then don't read. I mean, there's so many options out there. You know, there's like master class, right, where you can take online courses of successful people teaching different things, um, YouTube videos, you know, make sure you're finding the right info out there. But um, it doesn't have to be reading, but it does have to be some form of self-education. So I set a goal to read 52 books this year so a book a week the most i've ever done is 20 books in 20 weeks never done a whole year that's a ton so it is a ton and right now i'm behind by about a week so i uh, yeah so i have to i have to catch up but my whole thing is look if i even if so i'm gonna you know read 52 books some i already had but hadn't you know read yet or whatever but if i'm spending an average of 20 bucks per book right what is that a thousand dollars in books this year right basically 50 times 20 so a thousand dollars in books so yeah that's a that's a big investment but i i think that in every book even if the book itself isn't amazing every single book will have some one little nugget in there Mm -hmm. that will make me back more than the 20 bucks that i spent on it yeah and so if you look at the most successful people in the world 
they are spending a ton of money on self-development. And yeah. I think that's you just have to do it that way. Whether it's books, it's seminars, it's YouTube videos, it's hiring a mentor, whatever it is, be learning. I'm a huge proponent of that. Okay. Guys, always – this this is – I mean, it, it all – to me, the way I see it, it's what you put in your body, what you put into your mind, what you feed. Yeah. Right? And if, if you just constantly, I mean, because, look, guys, I'll be real. I like playing Call of Duty. I sure. Like, you know, I like playing video games. I like watching you. My my biggest, um, I don't know, I'm going to call it advice, but if, if I go down YouTube, if I go down that rabbit hole, I'm not coming out for two hours. Oh, dude! Like you, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll start watching a, a video about a sales technique and somehow yeah. end up on how to feed a giraffe, right? Yeah. Like within like three clicks, you know. Dude, what I mean? it's, like it's, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's crazy. It's bad. So for me, I always realize if if I start watching like a cooking video, like I'm done. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, if it, it just comes down to that time could be better spent doing something else. Sure. Yeah. Now there's so, nothing wrong with downtime either, no, right? Like I, I agree absolutely with Absolutely nothing wrong with downtime. Yeah. It's just how much downtime should you really have? Yeah. Just just focus on yourself. If you're not as we talked about priorities earlier, if yeah. you're not making you a priority, yes. then nobody else will either. Exactly. So this is really important guys. Is one priorities. Two if if when it when it comes to recruiting, if it doesn't happen right then and there, it's totally fine. Make sure you take care of people and they'll take care of you. Yep. Hundred percent. So this, is, this is important because just just do it. Just do right do right by people. Cite me on this, but if you want to down the road, tell me, oh, you're totally wrong. That's totally fine. But guys, I strongly feel like there's a big change coming in the industry. And if you want to be ahead of that curve, start doing right by people. Start doing right by people and find the guys at the ground floor. Don't, you know, don't don't go try to recruit i mean you can like don't you can still do this but don't focus on recruiting the guy who's been doing it for four years and has 25 guys that's that's not i i think that type of recruiting is going to start going away and i think companies are going to start having to find more creative ways to pay guys mm -hmm. rather than how they're paying them now yeah just because of the way that the business and economy works mm -hmm. um so focus on the ground floor guys that you can bring in and build a culture around you yep build your own little organization Make it organic. Take care of your people, and they'll take care of you. Put more in than you get back. Exactly. I'm not sure what's gonna happen with the industry, but I do know that it's it's changing. There's some there's some shifts gonna happen. Oh yeah. It's gonna catch some people off guard. So if you wanna be ahead of the curve, start by that. And if it doesn't work, then at least you have some pretty pretty good culture. Yeah. Exactly. Dope dope dope. Hold on, let me just check the topics. Are we missing anything? I don't know, man. We've gone over a lot. Yeah, we have. Okay, let's see here. Oh, so music. Do you do you like listening to music while you're on the doors? So when I'm on the doors, no, oh, I, don't, uh, I don't listen. Pre preparation, like prepping, yeah. yeah. So um, I do, I do listen to music. So it depends on. So some guys I know have like very strong feelings of like it has to be like this kind of music. Yeah. It has to be this. I'm not really that way. I. I will change my music daily, and sometimes I'll listen to podcasts as yeah. well on the way out to area if it's a long drive. Um, but yes, I absolutely do. Yeah. What is your go-to pump-up song? So this is where, like, yeah, honestly, I don't have a, a one go-to okay. pump-up song. But I will say this. I like listening to something that has happy vibes to it. Yeah. So I like – so <laughs> this is going to be kind of a contradiction, but I love um, – hip-hop rap and then i love country 
Same. Right? So same, I same. love both of those two, right? Yeah. And so sometimes I'll listen to one, sometimes yeah. I'll listen to the other, and sometimes I'll listen to something completely different. Yeah. But I know that if I can if I can find a song that makes me happy, yeah, then I'll be happy on the doors. It's go. music can change your state. Yes. And so I like to get into a happy state. I'm not necessarily pumped up, gonna run through a wall. Yeah. That's not how I am, but yeah. I like to get into a happy state because sometimes knocking doors sucks. It does. So I like to get in a happy state. So Sometimes it does. For me, it's like 90, 90% of the time it sucks. Yeah. Because I'm naturally introverted. I, yeah, I just don't 90, like... not more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being... <laughs> Some, sometimes it's dope because, I mean, I like people, yeah, but I hate talking true. to people. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah. By the way, I'm super bummed that, that they postponed Stagecoach. Dude. Yeah, that, that sucks. That for me is huge. Man, you're going to go to that? Yeah. Dude, they're canceling everything, dude. Like March Madness. Is... March Madness, football, soccer. Dude. Oh, I'm, all I'm saying is, is if for somehow the NFL season next year gets gets like postponed. or I'm, I'm raising hell. I am raising hell. Dude, I will, yeah. I will, I will let it look. Look at my hair. I will grow this out, put highlights in it, and call myself Karen. <laughs> we are going to be calling Roger Goodell and be like, dude. Dude, what the hell? I know. I need to speak to your manager. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, man. I no, will. but it's a, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff's getting canceled. So it's a serious situation, but dude, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. A lot I mean, of stuff now. We can't do anything about it. Just. Yeah. That's right, man. Just be smart about it. Just yeah. be smart about it. Yeah. But don't. Do you want to cover anything else or? I think that's pretty much it, man. Dope. I think, you know, make sure you're doing the right things. Um, you know, we don't need to go on down this rabbit hole, but if you're selling pest control, focus on good contracts. Yep. Um, high contract values. So, yeah, that's the only other thing that I would say on that. But, okay. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. Well, who's ever on, thank you for being on as long as you have. Um, and this won't be up for 24 hours, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think we'll probably, we'll probably cut this. Okay. So you guys will listen to it. Good job. You yep. guys got the sneak preview. There you go. The rest of you will have to listen to it on the podcast. Yep. We'll see. I'll have to schedule all that stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. You guys, thank you for thank being on. Thank you, guys. On. Appreciate it. And, dude, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, dude. Course, I, I really appreciate it. Of course, brother. Cool. Dope. All right. Let's wrap this up. Thanks, brother. Uh,